You're listening to the Grow Further Podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Chris. And I'm Ellie. And we're your hosts. Grow further with us, starting now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Further Podcast. We are jumping right in. We've been uh, talking about resilience. We've been talking about optimism and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I like to, when we can, bring stories into it, Ellie, because I think stories can really help us to make even more sense of the content. And I think you and I share stories, you know, and many of you likely think about your own stories, hopefully, when you hear and listen to any of our podcasts. But we had the opportunity to talk to Diana Nyad, but she is a story of resilience and what she ended up doing and what she did. Um, but Ellie, we could have some listeners that might not know who Diana Nyad is. So before we jump into the episode with her, do you mind sharing a little bit more information? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, okay. Diana is, like you said, she is a story of resilience. She is an author, a motivational speaker, a storyteller. But what she's most known for is her incredible and record-setting career as long-distance swimmer. And her greatest accomplishment happened actually in 2013. When she at age 64, and this is after not swimming for almost 30 years. That's insane. Yes. That's incredible. Almost 30 years. She made her fifth and final attempt to swim from Havana, Cuba to Key West, Florida. And this swim is one that most people said was impossible. And her attempt at 64, she was successful in doing it. And not only did she do it, but she did it completely unassisted. There was no shark cage. She wore a special suit for it, but that's about it. That's in, that's unreal. It is. And her story was so incredible and is so incredible that this accomplishment is actually the basis for a movie that was recently released on Netflix. It's called Nyad. I haven't seen the movie yet. Have you? I did. I did see the movie. I think if I had to summarize the movie without giving any spoiler alerts, right? The message that it sends is that really the only limitations that stand between you and your ability to follow your dreams are the ones you put on yourself and the ones that yep. society tries to put on you. That's right. And so this particular conversation that we're going to invite you to listen to is not necessarily a, a deep dive into her story, but it's more about something she's passionate about, which is storytelling. So yes, she's a swimmer, but she sees herself, and this surprised me a little bit, Ellie, when we talked to her. She wants to be known and remembered as being a great storyteller. And we had the pleasure of talking to her about what makes for beautiful storytelling. And so if you want to learn more about her story, you know, watch the movie, read her um, bios on her websites. I mean, there's a ton of information out there, but we invite you to listen in to what she really wants to be known for, which is all around storytelling. So we invite you to listen in on this conversation with the one and only Diana Nyad. Enjoy. Enjoy. You know, a lot of times when we uh, go in and take a skill, a uh, 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 methodology, and we incorporate it into our own cadence, it's because we were inspired or there was something or someone that stuck with us. So was there a person, a story, a moment that actually sparked your desire and interest that made you stop and say, wow, storytelling, this is valuable and I want to be a storyteller? 
You know, honestly, Ellie, I think I'm like most people. We feel the magic of movies, of cinema. And I know when I was a kid, um, you guys are way too young to know it, but Burt Lancaster uh, played Jim Thorpe, the Jim Thorpe story. I must have seen that movie, I don't exaggerate, 20 times. I remember the opening. And so, you know, it's this, it's this poor Native American kid who can't even afford shoes, who becomes the Olympic champion, has his medal taken away from him because evidently he accepted a little money for playing a uh, minor league baseball game once. And so he's considered a professional athlete. And, and it's, it's not that it was a sports story. I just was like, we all are, we go to the movies. And uh, even though now we're watching most things at home, but we watch, we turn the lights off, we get our popcorn and we sit back and we feel the music and the lighting and the, you know, then the actors and the dialogue come in. So, but it's the same with sitting down with a good book. You know, I, I was, I was enthralled with the adventures of Tom Sawyer. I'd go to the library every Saturday after swim practice and take out a book and sit there as if, as if I were high on something. I was so, so engrossed in the story, but I don't think I'm different from anybody else. I do think I have talents as a, as a storyteller which would lead me to say one other thing to you guys, and that is that I think we all uh, pursue things that we we're talented at. You know, you, you make your kid play the violin and she hates the violin. She has nothing to do with it, but you want her to play the violin because, because your mother did or because you think it's a refined thing to do. And you don't listen to the kid to say, I, I got nothing. I, I, I just, I don't feel anything. I don't want to practice. But that kid lets you know that they want to play the drums. And they're into the drums and they would play all day long and take lessons and get better. So you got to listen. But most people, whether it's sports or business or, you know, or, or the arts, you, you naturally pursue something you have a talent for. And I think that I have a, a natural talent for storytelling. When I was in sixth grade, I went to the sixth grade graduation of my little school and I had my patent leather shoes on. I was with my mom and um, the principal came and said to me, Jimmy Woodruff was going to be the speaker of our graduation. And he came to me and he said, Diana, Jimmy is throwing up in the bathroom. He's so nervous. He can't get off his knees. He, he can't speak. What, what are we going to do? Do you think you could say something? And my mom grabbed me and she said, don't you dare. You didn't prepare anything. This is going to be awful. It's going to be like the worst moment of your life. And this is what people will remember you for. And I said, mom, don't be silly. I said to the principal, well, what do you need? Like six minutes, 10 minutes? You know, what, what do you need? So you I were in sixth speak. grade. I gave a six, sixth grade speech. I gave a, a graduation speech that was not filled with cliches. It was a, it was a storytelling of, of some of the different kids and some of the different teachers. And, you know, the fact that we probably just wasted the first 10 years of our lives. And now we only have 70 or 80 to go. We better, oh we better you know, get with it. So <laughs> I do think that I have a, a, a gift uh, as a swimmer. And as a storyteller and yeah. maybe a couple of other things, and I could name you many things. I have no gifts at at all, but I think <laughs> one of the reasons um, that I've, you know, that I am a storyteller in, in my autobiography, and I tell you, it means the world to me there. It, it, it was a well-reviewed book. It did well um, find a way, but, but um, what I love most about it was the review by people that said reads like a gripping thriller. 
Nothing. Now that means more to me than these others that say, you know, oh, a, a story about refusing to accept or be defined by defeat. Well, that's the New York Times. And the New York Times carries a lot of weight. And I'm happy to have that said about the book. But what I liked was people saying reads like a gripping. That's the part I like. Hopefully the New York Times can learn from this as well if they hear this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're giving them some feedback also. Exactly. Well, no, I love but, it. But that makes sense. Yeah, That would that resonate the, with me too. Sorry, Christy. Was that the first moment you realized that you were a good storyteller? Like what was the first, your first know. memory I of saying, know. wow, I, I could be good at this. It's the first one I can remember that had something to do with getting up in front of people you know, mm-hmm. tell the story, but so I, I don't remember, but I'm, I'm 72 years old now. I don't remember childhood. It's so far in the rearview mirror. So my mom's not around anymore to say, you know, oh yeah, she was always telling stories and she was a you know good storyteller. But um, my father actually was a scoundrel, uh, wound up a con artist and wound up not allowed back in the United States. So don't let me paint a rosy picture of him. But on the other hand, he was a, he was a, a fascinating raconteur. Whenever uh, I remember, not particular stories, but I remember people, you know, at a dinner table, you know, staring at him because he would just, he spoke many languages and he could act out, you know, different characters. And and I do that, you know, I, I, I tell stories with different accents of of my parents and and different people from different countries. So um, I I think I've always been a a storyteller and it doesn't mean I can't get better because I I do. I think all the time I watch tapes and I, you know, I I try to improve all the time. But honestly, at the very end, um, I guess, you know, there are a few things I'd like to be said of me. And one is that I was the best friend anybody ever had. You know, my best friends say often they stand up at at toasts and things and say, you don't know what a friend is until you've had Diana as a friend. So that, oh, that means, nice. how does that make you value. feel? That means a lot to me. Um, and a more superficial level, but I'm more of an, a talent performance level. Um, when people say to me that, uh, that I'm, that, that I'm an excellent storyteller and a performer of stories and a writer of stories, then that, 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 cuts deep and it, it, it feels good. I, I like that compliment. It's beautiful. I mean, I genuinely believe that storytelling, we have it within our DNA as a strength and it's very obvious in you, Diana, for sure. And I think that everybody has the DNA to tell stories because as we started our conversation, we've been telling stories since we were walking on two feet to help ourselves yeah. learn, to help ourselves grow and to share history. Yeah. And so to help other listeners and, you know, even Ellie and I to be better storytellers, to get it out, to bring it out of our DNA, what might be, you know, the top two or three things that you think that we might be able to do? Would one be start in the middle? You know, would that be a tip that you'd have if we just level it down to two or three things I could try? No, I I think that's too refined. And that's a, um, you know, that's a a really particular, that's more of a professional's way of going about it. Um, But I I, I do think you just have to use the word authenticity, get rid of the cliches. You just think if you're, you're, tomorrow's the day you've got to stand up in front of your school or your workplace or where, whatever it is. And you've got to say a few words, don't say, well, it's just so amazing to be with you all today. And what an honor to be with you all today. Just look at your few remarks and say, can't I do better than that? You know, can't I be warm? Can't I use a, you know, a story from my past or a story from this group that 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 illuminates 
what I'm trying to say about Love them. that. You know, similar to um, what, you know, these television programs do in terms of singing, you know, the voice and, and so you can dance and all that. Um, like you just said, Christy, people have been storytellers just like we've been singers, you know, since since the, the beginning of man, womankind. I want to start a story oral, not so much written, an oral storytelling uh, platform and contest whereby people, it has to be under four minutes and people cannot have ever been paid to, to tell to tell an oral story before. So they're truly an amateur. And um, I'll tell you sort of the big picture is, I think you know that the feature film on my story and my life is coming out. And Annette Benning is playing me, which is just, you know, such a- Wow. Such a, such a fortunate turn of events for me. I'm so honored. And we've started to work together a little bit, Annette and I. And so- I have a fairly long list of things that if that movie is going to have a moment, if it's re- if it's going to be recognized and uh, win some awards, et cetera, which means my story will be out there again and have a bit of a, a moment. Right. again. I want to, I'm writing a children's book this coming year. Um, and th- th- I actually have a number of things that I want to uh, take advantage of that moment. I want to do the off-Broadway show again and do it here in Los Angeles, but why not do it then when the movie's coming out? So I'm so excited about this movie as well. Wow. And that binning? So, you know, who knows if they'll be on track. Movies always run behind. Has to do with weather and all kinds of things. But um, that's that's incredible. So so I I really want to make sure that when our listeners are hearing this, they, number one, feel inspired to be able to say, wow, I can tell a story too, right? And in your DNA, we can do it. Yeah. And the second thing is to understand, you know, and I think you talked a little bit about it, like being authentic, uh, being intentional about what tense you're using, uh, kind of really making sure that you grab people and grab their attention um, and, and, making sure that um, the the story, when you have the space to talk about something, you say it in a way that can really build connection and, and that um, shows that you had to actually put effort forth to be able to tell the story. When you think about too, so those are really great, like, elements of storytelling or, or things that make up a really good storyteller. When you I'm, think sorry, of, I'm sorry to interrupt, Deli, but let me yeah. add two things. One yes. Is, one is that absolute no is to lead with how great a story you're about to hear or how funny it is. Like it's the kiss of death when you say, I have got a, a riveting story to tell you. You know, don't say that. You just start in with, do you, do you all know my colleague, Margaret Shipman, just start in with the story itself. And then the second thing is, don't make it too long, always shorter, is that you, you know, I, I'm that kind of writer that I always have to get rid of the preface and the first page and the second page and realize that nobody needed all of that. So when you, when you get your story down and you, you know, you write it out or you speak it out and put it on tape and look at it, you just say to yourself, did I, did I really need that? Did I need that? That, you know, you realize that like three minutes, for instance, is a very, very long time. 
You know, you you can get a lot of story told in three minutes. So if you really are at a meeting, you know, or at a even when people give too long a toast at a wedding or something, you're just everybody you feel groaning. it. Yeah. Yeah. Shorter is always better. And I, I can't believe that that I'm the one doling that out that advice because <laughs> I, I tend to talk long and, you know, et cetera. But I but I like to think that I'm 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 engaging as I go along. But for most people. Shorter is better. That story about Margaret Shipman and her three kids and working, I think I told it in about five sentences and everybody gets it. And that's all you need, you know, which hopefully can build the confidence of anybody listening, because that might be one of the other things. Ellie, I'm thinking about your question. Why don't we? Maybe because sometimes we think it needs to be long and there needs to be a vivid beginning, middle and end in order for people to care. So instead, I'm just going to bypass that and just get to the meat, you know, of the meeting. Um, So I think that hopefully that can build confidence in everybody that, hey, it doesn't have to be long. You know, it can be more of a. But I disagree. You guys have said this a couple of times. There doesn't have to be beginning, middle and end because I brought up up that in Medius Reyes thing. But the truth is there 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 needs to be a little hint. You know, have have you guys do you all know my colleague, Margaret Shipman? Well, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the beginning. And then you know, her, her details. She comes in every day at 625 AM. She leaves at such and such. And the end is, you know, I, I only hope that you guys get to know Margaret and I only hope that you can catch on, you know, to, to the fire that she brings to our group. And, and yes. uh, the, I know, really so appreciate that. There's a, there's a, there is a beginning, middle. And I appreciate that pushback. I think, yes. So it's less about the beginning, middle end. That's necessary. It's about the amount that's shared yeah. within the beginning, middle, and end. It doesn't have to be paragraphs for each, like what we're taught in school. You know, you have to have a three to five sentences for a paragraph for each of these beginning, middle, end. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. But yes, I appreciate that, Diana, that correction. Yeah. I think it's spot on. And I think it goes back to the idea of like, remove the cliches and lead with authenticity because you you started out by asking a question. And that's a very avant-garde way to, to start a story. Right. That's not the typical well, it gets people interested. Yeah. If you start with a question, I think you and I, Ellie, when we do all these presentations, we normally start with a question. You know why? Because we want to get the audience's attention. Um, and that also demonstrates curiosity. It can just people hear a question. They want to listen. Yeah. They want to listen Absolutely. in or try to answer. So, yeah, that's a great technique. I, have a friend, I mean, I have a friend who's a consultant, so she sits in on pretty high Um, you know, executive level tech meetings. And often she starts with the phrase, not with the same people, because this is only going to work once when she starts, but she's in, everybody's given their, you know, input, they've given their speeches. And when it's her turn to speak, she stands up, she makes eye contact with everybody and she goes slowly. And then the first words she says are, may I speak freely? Oh, everybody's like, whoa, (laughs) what, What's she going to, you know, is she going to slam us? You know, she. Yeah, that's not a question. Uh, It's a question, but it's like a statement question to get your attention for sure. Statement like I'm about to say something you may not want to hear, but I hope I I have open minds in the room. May I speak freely? And everybody's like, oh, my. Yes, please do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you almost feel like she's having that conversation is is intended just for you. And I think that that's another part of the art of storytelling is like you every you can tell the same story. And Diana, you talked about it earlier when you tell your story, the story, right, that that has really brought you to this space, um, the story that's going to become a movie to this point. Everybody gets something different out of it. 
And I think that that's another really interesting thing about storytelling is that no matter who or what, when you tell a story, it's going to be personal to them and they're going to pull different pieces out of it. And it has to feel like it's a conversation and like it is meant for that person. You can tell a story to thousands and still draw the heartstrings of each individual person or impact each individual person. And that's, that's tremendous. And that to me is something that is a good, that defines a good storyteller, someone that can still make it like I am speaking directly to you. You're right. right. um, in, In television, I worked in television for 30 years and all the good people, the communicators, Oprah Winfrey, Peter Jennings was one of them. He was the, uh, kind of the grandfather of ABC News for years. Tom Brokaw has told me often that when he would look in that camera, yes, he realized that there were, you know, 105 million people watching the ABC News that night. But he pictured one person on their couch at home. He pictured a real face. You know, it might be his mom. It might be, a you know, a neighbor down the street. But he was looking into and that camera into the eyes of one human being and saying um, things have really heated up in Saudi Arabia tonight. And if you don't know, if you can't picture Saudi Arabia on the map, let me show you. It's right here next to Iraq. And and, uh, this is a dangerous situation. So he's not just doing this Ph.D., you know, sort of speech. Mm-hmm. He's actually trying to say something to one individual's eyes to, to let them know that this is something you should know about. All right, everybody, that does it. That concludes our speaker series with Diana Nyad. She had to leave very abruptly, which is why the conversation just ended. But we're so grateful for the time that we got to spend with her If you are inspired by her story, if you want to stay connected, please feel free to go to diananiad.com. She has a book called Find a Way. She is accessible through all different social media outlets, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. But we're just super grateful for the time that we had. So thank you, Diana, for being with us. We'll see you back in a couple weeks. Bye, everyone. Take care. This has been a CBS Health production. This episode was produced and edited by Jed Ackerman with digital support from Eva Charbonneau. Listen, follow, and let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Grow Further podcast. See you next time.